Shut up and sit down. Why so much shabby cream? It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Hey, Evan, where's Lance? He didn't show up to the ride today. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You are listening to the Dial Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hapler, and Jake Von Turing. Happy Halloween. But Matt, this whip session hurts so bad. Tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. That clear your mind knows what scares you. It has from the very beginning. Don't give it any help, it knows too much already. Jake, your straw waits for you. Evan, oh Evan, up for a swim? And there's no more room in hell. The entire podcast team will walk here. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Fonder, and I'm here with Lance Hepler. I am Lance Romance. Looking better than ever. Looking better than ever. A little choppy. <laughs> yeah, do you like the chops? Yep. I'm expanding my facial hair, much to the chagrin. Wh- of- hey, okay, so the the real question is when the gray turns to it turns to gold. red. <laughs> Let's call Thank it gold. You. Let's call it gold. Can we call it gold. Sunshine. It's sunshine like gold. sunshine. It's mm-hmm. like a bright yep. ray of sunshine. Because it's interesting because we're going to get to see that transition. Yeah, you, you will see the transition. All three of you guys have red reddish, hair. red, oh my reddish gosh. beards, red beard, <laughs> Sen- sensitive guys. <laughs> Yep. Oh wow, I'm, I'm the minority here today. Yeah. <laughs> to his, <laughs> you're getting taken over. To his right, joining us again today in the studio, Scott Schultz. Hi, thanks for having me. Scott Schultz of Zone Five, that is. And yep. next to Scott, we've got Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking pretty good. I'm pretty so good. happy. That's to see good. You. Pretty good group. I and mean, we have flowers. We have cookies. We have very cool bike stems here. In a good-looking group. And I have to group. admit. And then we've got a special guest with us today, joining us um, over the phone and um, coming from south of us from here, way too far away to drive in, uh, Shasta Gravel Hugger promoter, Ben Brainerd. Ben, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm happy to announce this is my very first podcast. Oh, hey. boy. Oh, wow. Welcome. Breaking well, them in. sorry it wasn't a more professional crew <laughs> that you're with. Cool. All right. Um, not, I mean, I, I think some of us raced here. We'll do a quick, we'll just do a really quick backpedal today. Lance, did you race this week? I did not race. All right, moving what? on. <laughs> wow. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Lance, is this like the first week you haven't raced all year? Um, it's close. I've done 43 races this year. I did not. So it, it's probably close that this might be the first race I, week I haven't raced this year. Wow. My... Um, my back just took a turn for the worse. Boom! <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Dang it. Are, um, you, are you resting? Did you, are you off the bike completely? I have not ridden for four days. Okay. I am I think out. that's good for yeah. you. The streak is over. The streak is over. My wife is still streaking, by the way, mm-hmm. and through the house, but yes. we won't. I know. I, I was going. That's, <laughs> that's where I was exactly going to. We have yes. my, my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> She's a streaker. Uh, she is a streaker. She's still streaking. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I um, 
I went to Utah and um, I took a couple really easy days and my bike, my back was just not improving. And so I decided... You played it smart. I, I don't know. That's not like me. No. <laughs> it is not like me to play it smart. Yeah. Um, so I I skipped the race this weekend, the opening of the Cross Crusade series, which was really bummer. I actually had the second call-up in our group. I had a very good position to start with, but uh, I really I couldn't um, stand up straight or walk very well. I feel a lot better today than I okay. have all week, but okay. um, I, I have... Complete empathy for Jake here because yeah. I felt terrible not even showing up to the race to like help support teammates, but I when walking is hard. I couldn't pull myself to go down there. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. I'm like, if I'm not gonna race, I don't. Just give I want to be around it. Just give we it all time. know though that if you go down there just to watch, you'll figure out a way to get on a bike and race, and things just get worse from there. I right? loaded up my bikes in the van the night before, <laughs> thinking I might still actually do this and i just i just i didn't so what's your plan you're gonna take a little bit more time off you're um, do some easy riding some care like careful well, i was doing easy riding and it wasn't improving mm -hmm. so that's why i'm on day four of nothing what's your what's your plan of attack though is it going to be seven days off i maybe it might be you could take till the end of the year off if you want to i i'm not sure if my season is done it might it be. Could be. It wouldn't be the end of the world. Well, let's press the rewind button here. What was it, five, six months ago, the doctor told you pretty much stay off the bike. You've got some issues. Shut you up, got Jake. it resolved. And Lance <laughs> still went out, so I made myself no, go with it. him so I could be his governor and slow him down and yell at him. And then that only lasted for so long, and then he's back at it full throttle, was, racing all over the back place. back at it full throttle. Yeah, I'm not. Is this different? I'm a super genius. I'm not smart. I'm a self-prescribed super genius. I never <laughs> said I was smart. So I I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to have to, like, give it some time and take it easy. So. Any doctor's appointments? No. Okay. Usually, doctors. Doctors you, are horrible people. <laughs> stupid doctors. I only, I only know a few. But. Usually this kind of, I've had these issues before. Obviously, this is this I'm a fragile man. As as cool and as strong as I look, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm actually a quite fragile man. So um you know, usually I take this can take a month for it to like yeah. really settle out. And, and in the past. It ha it has in the past taken that long. And then you've been back to I've been back two hundred mile weeks yeah. and all the same yeah. all the fun. All the fun. So I think that that's a real nice kind of like concept of like, hey, I know about a month is a good time frame for me to start looking at stuff. Which does mean your cyclocross season's over. It does mean which is that's I know over. gutting for you. Like but you had a great season last year. I did. You can still have another great season next year. And quite it frankly, I've had a great racing year so far this year i've done like 40 something races I've done 43 races yeah. and i've probably been on the podium in like 30 of those <laughs> upgrade <laughs> so i really can't i can't really shouldn't too much I i'm just thinking like you know it, it it could still bode well for next year i mean your training plan is usually somewhere in those 300 <laughs> to 400 day range yeah, correct you know so you know you take a month now recover completely and then you get to ride with me and do some easy rides. That's right. And then, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of kind of play it. I mean, yeah. I, today I feel a whole lot better than I have the last four or five days, which is great. I, you know, this weekend is Halloween coming up, and the Halloween Cross Crusade race is yeah. always a blast. 
You're working on your costume for bike for my, a bike race. No, which I, you even worse. My wife is working on my costume. She has been working on it for a while. I'm going as well. I'm potentially going as Cupid, wearing a nude colored skin suit. Oh my gosh, that sounds great. <laughs> and like a a dress thingy and a wig. And she's made like arrows and a bow and arrow that I can have sling over my. I mean, she's been she's been working on my costume for a while. Let me ask you this: Could you use the costume? Even potentially, like, you know, troll around on the bike and not race. I, because when the gun goes off, the brain turns off. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I, I mean, I have no shame, obviously. <laughs> so I could do that. You could ride around and cheer and heckle and shoot people with bow and arrows I as could, they race. I, could. I mean, kind of like the Black Knight, you know what I mean? I could. You could I, be the Love Knight. I could be the Love Knight. I mean, how funny would that be? It'd be heckling at the at a, at a next level. At a different level. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. See, I couldn't do that short, Jake. I'm sorry. It's all right. There is no short backpedal. There's no short backpedal. <laughs> with, you know, that's why our podcasts are an hour and a half long, Lance. It's because Lance can't stop talking about himself. Awesome. Hey, Scott, did you race this weekend? I did. Do some I, crusading? I did the uh, Heron Lakes Crusade race, but I feel like listening to uh, Lance, I should have copied that play. Like, I, I got up and I wasn't too crazy about going, um, especially with the weather. But, uh, yeah, I sh- showed up and... Um, I got the whole shot. I was in the front for two laps, and I guess I'm like, I was thinking, well, I am here. Okay, let's go. Um, (laughs) But I was sliding around everywhere. I ran into multiple course stakes and tape in the derailleur. Then I lost both Uh my derailleurs, like fourth and fifth lap. It's it's a kind of situation where like- Do they get bent? No, you're so much mud. You're in the baby ring, and you you shift to get out of it, and nothing. So you Mm. shift like four times, (laughs) and then it moves- all the way deep so you like your cadence is like 110 to 40 and and i'm just like i'm over this i couldn't i couldn't hurt either like i couldn't dig to go with people and because none of it was working yeah i was just over it yeah i don't know i i hope i'm not burnt out like this i think it's because of so much like working at a race and also racing it yeah mm-hmm. and i've been so yeah. excited to get to the crusade because i'm like all right now i can just focus on I can racing. just race yeah but i woke up in the morning and i wasn't the same old me like let's go i yeah. was just like i kind of want to yeah. sleep in yeah. and like have brunch <laughs> and not stress at all right like because race anxiety is still a real thing oh, sure yeah. um so yeah, I'm, I and I didn't have a lot of teammates there. I, I only had one, and a couple more are going to come to Cascade Lock. So okay, I, I want to like I miss being on a team. I miss yeah. having like other teammates group. like yeah. show up. Yeah, and like th- that momentum of of like a collective suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I miss that. Yeah, a lot. It's definitely real. Nice. But uh, yeah, that's it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll get to the Washougal race, but yeah, I I did uh, cross crusade, and I'm. It's cool. You still almost cracked the top ten um, with crappy with your bike falling apart. Every single person that beat me, I've been beating. Yes. So right. that that's how I gauge it to right. like. Yeah. So it's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm like so happy, so happy to because before last year I've never broken the top like fifteen, and I like constantly placed twenty fifth. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, what happened? What? I didn't have like uh, any drugs so i don't know <laughs> i don't know what happened um 
Hey, Matt, Matt, tell us about all your races you did this past Uh, week. No races. No. Barely trained. I mean, I trained every day, but I didn't, you know, nothing nothing to speak of. I think Zwift a couple times. Did you Um, race on Zwift? Mountain biking. Um, Unless you consider our Tuesday night thing a race, which I think I did. There is that, yeah. I did that until my laptop died. Which did we talk about that on the last podcast? We did. We did because we recorded we like recorded yeah, last yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, nothing huge to report. Swimming decently. Uh, oh, I ran three mi- over three miles yesterday. Yeah, it was crazy to even talk about running. You know, like I've been off of running for so long, and it's just been so nice. Even if it's like nine minute pace or whatever, like I don't. It doesn't matter. I'm just so happy to be out there. Were you testing a watch? I'm always testing watches. I know, because you've always got... Like, <laughs> He's got two I'm always like Double-fisted every single always, week. I'm always testing watches. Yeah, I need to do a Fitbit. I mean, people probably just turned off the podcast when I said Fitbit. <laughs> you do have a Fitbit on. But yeah. the, the Fitbit Charge 5 is one of the watches I'm testing. It's okay. It's, it, it's you know, we'll make a video. It'll be fun. I forgot about that I, shirt that you're wearing right there. That, yeah, um, I love this the shirt. Swift profile. That's uh, kind of cool. Swift workout Smart profile. Smartbiketrainers.com com or his youtube channel is uh Tarek it's a sweet Ali. spot workout it is yeah is you see a couple of little <laughs> no it's, leg a, it's openers a, friend of, and a friend of mine's um youtube channel and no, website who, whose legs are those um it's probably his it's probably Tarek's legs i, love I it. mean yeah. clearly there's no wattage but let's just say a thousand <laughs> right it's it, so for the people listening to the podcast uh the t-shirt is just the profile of a sweet spot training workout workout yeah. and it's it got a great warm-up it's, it's, got, it's got it all yeah. little leg openers little red spots yeah there, it's funny because the people that see it are like Ooh, oh i, I love i need that shirt <laughs> i see your sweet spot workout flex <laughs> yes sweet <laughs> yes and uh and yeah you guys can buy these shirts they're very comfortable i really like it a lot you can go check out his site maybe we'll find a link to it in the description sure post yeah, it maybe do that oh yeah so that's it for my backpedal swimming's going okay Swimming. running's going running is going and I need to bike more. Sounds good to me. Yep. Hey, Ben, did you race this past week? Yeah, actually, I did. Oh, uh, I'd yeah. like to hear that. <laughs> Tell us about it. Uh, we had the uh, we had the opening week of the Shasta, or excuse me, the uh, Southern Oregon Outlaw Cyclocross Series. So we did. Uh, I did two races. The first one, a single speed race. Uh, then I backed that up. 15 minutes later with the open race on my single speed again. So oh, wow. Scott's problems with his derailleur could easily be solved. Just <laughs> it's so easy. Moving it. Yeah. I, th- I think I'm going to go back to single speed. I did it in 2019, <laughs> but that my goal this year was just to get the cat one upgrade and retire in the single speed field. <laughs> and then I'll, do- I'll, I'll copy what a lot of people are doing, but single speed first, and then you can double up and have fun in the one, two masters or the one, two open and just like, you're going to hurt, but at least it's fun. You you got the race you were focusing on earlier. Very cool. Yeah. How did you do in your races, Ben? Well, our fields are not quite cross crusade deep down here, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, I believe I took the win in the single speed. Actually, I know I did. And then I'm, pretty sure i took the win in the masters one two field uh we had a little 15 year old guy that uh, has been crushing it all year that that won the the second the a race oh wow it's fun to see these kids really jump out and do well do you know the name yeah jade roan is the guy kid he's 
he's been getting some good results all over Obra and, and actually all over the nation. So yeah. it's cool. It's cool yeah. to watch. Yeah. Very cool. Where is it that you call home? Uh, I am in Ashland, Oregon. So okay. just over the border from California and not that far away from Montague, California, which I'm sure we'll chat about. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. I did not do any racing this week. I am no racing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm no fun. So, uh, so we're going to just move on, um, to our topics, which really, it's not really a topic. We've just got some cool guests in uh, the studio with us today. And we've got a bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, Ben, let's go ahead and start with you and let's talk about the Shasta gravel hugger. You've been doing that. This was your second year that you did this year and you're looking down the scope of, uh, 2022 being year number three. Let's let's kind of rewind and, and, and go all the way back to the inception of this. Like, what made you want to start uh, a gravel racing um, career as a promoting um, the Shasta Gravel Hugger? I could have said that much more eloquently. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Too many things going I through my brain. Gist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just had this idea for a, a um, kind of Perry-Roubaix kind of a race, and I thought it'd be super cool to be able to have – something other than just some turn by turn signs out on the middle of a gravel road. And so this, this, uh, this loop that we've been riding for, for years, uh, has a bunch of gravel sectors that are linked together by, you know, some nice pavement out on some very desolate roads. And so, so we just, I just kind of didn't trust somebody with my dream of, of, uh, creating this event and, and I decided that I guess I better figure out how to do it myself if I didn't want to have someone else do it. So, so yeah, uh, two years ago, I just decided that I wanted it to be in the spring and it was in December of before the first event that I decided that. And so I just very quickly threw that thing together and, and we attracted, well, Scott was there and, and a, about a hundred of his, uh, cycling buddies came out and then, and then, uh, and then as you guys probably know, this COVID year was started like the, the next week. And so we, we, in 2020, we got the first race off, but, but then everything shut down. And then I didn't think anything was going to happen again until about December of last year. And I'm like, you know what? People are putting on races again. Like maybe I better look at this. And so we threw it together again last year, kind of last minute. And, uh, Luckily, we're able to pull it off with some wave starts and and a little bit of finagling and a lot of cooperation from um, Siskiyou County. So uh, we were super lucky to to pull that off. In 2020, you guys were the only race that ended up going off for the entire Oregon uh, Bicycle Racing Association's calendar, correct? I mean, you were the only race that happened that year. Because it was in March. It's in March, right? Early March. Yeah, first weekend in March, first Saturday in March, um, and I put that there because I didn't want to be in competition with uh, Mid South or wait, yeah. what is that? Yeah, uh, Land Run. Excuse land me, Land Run. run. Yeah. Now it's Mid South, but um, and so I wanted to be the week before, so hopefully people would want to test their legs before they go to their big A event. So gotcha. So we threw it in in the spring, and yeah, it shut down land run mid south hosted that race and then got an enormous amount of backlash for it so i luckily right. i stayed out of out of the press on that gotcha now your first year too didn't you guys deal with quite a bit of weather was there a good amount of snow on the ground 
Oh, not just the first year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the weather on the first year uh, was was bad. It was really bad. So it was kind of snowy up high and rain down below. And and the the funny thing about it is the Shasta Valley is kind of a dry valley, and and we have fantastic weather over there all the time. I mean, it could be a little bit cool and and rainy here, and I just zip over to the next valley, and it's nice. So. So yeah, snow up high on the first one, and it was uh, kind of turning to rain by the time the racers got through. It was a mess. Gotcha. So let's let's talk about 2021. That's year number two. You get that on the books. You get people starting to sign up, and it seems like as you got closer to the start of the event, you picked up a lot of momentum, and you actually brought quite a few bigger names to your race. How did you How did you get to that that station? Yeah. So it's funny. Um, I was just, you know, we have an Instagram feed and, and we're doing some dripping. And I noticed that Pete Stetton liked one of my photos. And so uh, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Somebody's watching here. <laughs> and so, of course, I just dropped him a quick message. And he's like, yeah, I'm interested. You know, I'd like to, I think he had something else planned for that weekend that wasn't going to happen. And, and he just lives down, you know, a couple hours south of here. So he signed up and put his name on the list on Obra, and I think it caught a lot of attention from from other racers all the way through to Velo News, you know. So it, it was, you know, I definitely owe that name a lot uh, when it comes to the success for year number two. And but but yeah, we even got you know Jonathan Baker who had had a second at Mid South the previous year, uh, and then and then yeah, I mean, there's a long list of of uh, very successful writers that were Jacob Rathy came down. Molly yeah. Cameron was yeah. there. I mean, just looking at your mm-hmm. homepage right yeah. now, you've got Claire Hansinger right there as well. Claire, well, Claire is from Man, Ashland. The women's field. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the women's field yeah, was stacked field too. Was stacked. Yeah. yeah, Mariah Wilson uh, took second to uh, Maud. Uh, I'm drawing a link. Maud uh, Farrell. Yeah, Maud Farrell and. Claire, Clara was third, but they, from the sound of it, they, they kind of, you know, did a one-two team on on Clara towards the end. So, so it's exciting. Uh, the women's race came down with three up sprint, which is awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, so going forward into twenty-two, you've probably got some big plans. You want to talk about some of that? Yeah. With yeah, with COVID, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of finish line stuff going on. You know, you know, I didn't really want to encourage people to hang out and do stuff. And so next year, we're gonna we're gonna do what we can to uh, bring the party, so to speak. And so yeah, we got live music lined up already for next year. Uh, we're gonna have uh, warm food for people to to uh, eat. And uh, hopefully it's nice and warm out, so it won't be as important as this last year. But, uh, but yeah, uh, and, and then, of course, we're just trying to build that ladies' field even more. So, um, yeah, I'm really trying to focus to make, uh, make it attractive to more ladies, and we'll hopefully get – I mean, there's just a wealth of successful gravel racers in, the, in this region, so mm-hmm. – so definitely want to grow the women's field and, and hopefully we can drum up some prize money, but that is yet to be determined. Gotcha. Now you're doing some pretty cool things for the women's field that actually kind of caught my attention. I'm like, Oh, that's really neat. He's really trying to help the, the sport grow. And that's something that we're always wanting to work on yes. is women and juniors. We think that that's kind of like, mm-hmm. if you can get those two things going on, that's going to really grow your sport in general. So 
going back to you, one of the cool things I thought you did is you've got some women only porta potties. That is a phenomenal yeah. idea because us guys, we are disgusting. We are a bunch of pigs yeah. and you're giving these women the chance to have their own, we'll just say yeah. they smell like roses in there, right? <laughs> porta potties. So what, what was the, the yeah, idea behind that? You know, I got that from the ladies. Uh, you know, I have uh, Clara and Serena Bishop Gordon and, and a few others that I created a little group email with. And, and I said, what, what is it that ladies need? And, and that was one of the things that was so easy to do. And yeah, if you've ever been to a cross crusade porta potty, <laughs> then you know that that is no place a lady should be. So, so yeah, we just, we had two porta potties lined up for them and uh, I got a lot of thanks for that. That's awesome. Um, Scott brought his chocolate chip cookie, so I'm, I'm eating a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> you know, Get my blood sugar up so I can actually think here, but I, go ahead. Let me say a couple things. This this venue, this area of California was just so phenomenally beautiful. I was lucky enough to do the race uh, this year, 2021. I think Scott yeah. did it as well. So I have, Yeah, I have a story of... Of me seeing you fly by, but we'll, <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll visit that, that in a second. But um, I, I got to say, this is all around Mount Shasta, which is why it's called Shasta Gravel Hugger. The valley is gorgeous and beautiful. Um, the The views around there are phenomenal. The town, that the actual, the race start is in is this little tiny town of Montague, California. I don't know, what is it, a town of 300? Uh I don't know off the top of my head, yeah, but it's, it's not tiny. big. It used to be a lot bigger. And we like take over the whole like town square area where the start and the finish is, and it's just pretty amazing. The gravel roads and the roads that we're racing on are also just fantastic. And Ben did a great job at putting together a course. And so I I went down there with no expectations and was pretty blown away by the course and the organization and the little town and it was it was really pretty cool. The other cool thing was there was it was like a sprinter van convention. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a bit of a destination. Right, where do you stay? Well, right. you it's it's only it's only 6 or 7 miles from a little town called Wairika. Oh, yeah. It's not Eureka, it's Wairika. Okay. But it's like, it's like the border, the first town on the border. It's like yep. the first town on the California Oregon border. And um, so there's hotels and places you could stay yep. there. But there must have been 50 vans that we all just pulled up and camped the night before. Vans. It was yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of people camping. It was actually really cool. Quite cool. The vibe at that night before was I mean, you think I, it's going to turn into like live music festival there's, before? There's plenty of room for all that, <laughs> yep. and it's a tiny little town. And it, it's, I was just, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I just, it was so much fun to be there and be part of the race, and it was just really cool. He has not had Ben. We haven't had luck with the weather. I mean, that right. first year it was kind of nasty, and then this year, oddly enough. Um, the day before was beautiful sunshine, but like 30 mile an hour winds or 20 mile an hour winds. It was super windy. So of course I went out and tried to take some KOMs <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then that night we woke up to like three or four inches of snow. It snowed overnight. And so all of a sudden, ooh, everything changed. The course changed. It got nastier or muddier it was just a little bit crazy how, how technical what i mean i know 
when the roads get torn up like that or the gravel roads get torn up like that, it becomes a bit more technical. But other than so the weather, what's the actual question. course like? So most of it is is pretty buffed, nice gravel roads okay. with three or four sections that were very challenging. And one section that had no gravel on it at all, it was just uh, a dirt road. It's like a farm field road. Oh, wow. The, I'm, uh, looking at, I'm looking at pictures now, yeah. and the snow is just yeah. like it's just completely <laughs> covered. A different kind of... Oh, so, Lance, did you, did you ride the Townsend section the night before? I did, yep. Yeah, I, okay. I actually went and pre-rode all the difficult sections the day before. And um, is the Townsend section the part you had to cut out? That's the one we yeah. cut out because it was up high and it was definitely not an established road. It, everybody would have crashed on that. It's not. It's like a farm road. It was you know not. Yeah. It's like a farm road between fields, so not really a road. Yeah. So yeah. and with, it's on clay. And it's on clay. So with the with the you got snow, snow and descending and danger. It just so we had, they had they had to cut that section out, which was actually the right call to yeah. do. Um, but there was another section. I, I should clarify. I did the baby race. I did the 62-mile race. I did not do the 100-mile sure. race. But there was another section that was like a three-mile Jeep trail that that he did not cut out, which mm. I'm super glad he didn't. But it was it was a snow mud hole. Did you did you wish that it you was had flat? Going back to our podcast last time, do you wish that you had suspension on your gravel bike? It would have helped for that section, for sure. But also that section ended up almost winning me the race. Uh, yeah, I need, I need to jump in for this because I was in the same race yeah. with a breakaway of four people rotating like crazy. You guys started behind us. Yes. Because we get to the Jeep section. I, I started I, in the 50 were you in the hundred mile race? No, no, the sixty two. Yep. But but the but the fifty plusers started behind yeah. the open. Yeah, we he, he he broke it up in waves for COVID reasons. Okay, so we're we're rotating like a road race, like really good time, and uh, we get to the the Jeep trail. Um, I have thirty two slicks on. I'm looking around at everybody's tires with me, and they're like forties. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is, uh, yeah, I need to like <laughs> fall behind everybody and I'll just try to stay with them through this. But like I get to it first and I just like charge and nobody's coming around me. And then you get giddy. You're like, okay, all right, let's I'm, go. I'm gapping. Yeah. And like to, to uh, Ben's point of making it feel like a monument, like, cause you're like, it doesn't matter what tread you had on the tires. You're everyone's going through the same snow. And uh, you got to be loose on the hoods and you're kind of, because you can't see the rocks that you're hitting underneath. Um, and then finding that perfect cadence to kind of muscle through it. And then I remember I split off the three people I was with. And then I see someone charging down and flies by me and it was Lance. <laughs> and I was like, you weren't even with us. Yeah. Where did you come from? <laughs> uh, yeah. And that was one of the coolest things of, of that race. Uh, well, I I kind of lucked out there. I mean, I I I made some big moves early to catch to try to catch the the younger group because I started with the fifty plus field, and then there was the open field, and I made some big moves early to, to try to get in that group, which I thought would help me. And yeah, the harder it gets, the generally better I do, and so. I, and I had pre-rode that the day before with so that know. in mind. I yeah. knew this was going to be the crux of the race for that 
the 60k 62 mile race i knew that would kind of be important and so i i hit that i was with the group of like 10 when i hit it and i like pulled around the last guy right as we hit the beginning of it and just like blitzed it as hard as i could how long is the section it's three miles, three and a half miles, yeah. something like that. Three and a half, yeah. Yeah. And, I and it's downhill, believe it or not. Yeah. It's relatively it's flat, but it's a little bit downhill, so you can get some good speeds. And and the and the East Louis Jeep Trail is is gonna probably be a staple of it. And the reason that it'll all, probably always be in this race is to make sure that that road bikers are penalized for yeah. for the Gucci gravel that 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 is yes. dominating this race. So, so yeah, I think we got to keep something that makes sure that uh, your tire selection and bike selection is a little bit of a head scratcher. I, I love that plan. I mean, that's fantastic. I, I came out of that section in the lead of not just the 50 plus race, but the, but the overall, all of them. Cause I passed, I must've passed like 50 people yeah. in that section because people were wow. walking. People were walking. People were Ooh. swimming. Yeah. <laughs> ben, like if you if the weather is that bad moving forward, you need to sell bottom brackets. <laughs> back, yeah. Like I had to fix everything on the bike. There was a couple pockets where um, if anybody was to your left or your right and you had to take the center line, um, you would go into it and maybe you drop down in two inches. So then you'd go into the next one and you would drop down and you would submerge over half your wheel yes. in the pocket. <laughs> and uh, I didn't see many crashes, but yeah, coming out of it and getting to the finish line, there'd be people showing up like they had, they had been washed because we were all dirty, but some people looked more clean and they're like, no, dude, I fell over in the Jeep yeah. trail. Like I literally <laughs> took a... An took a ice bath. cold bath. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, That's brutal. Yeah. I think the rain and the snow the night before, and it wasn't like super cold. And so the snow was melting. And, and uh, I didn't get to see that. Unfortunately, I'm kind of stuck at a finish line sure. when, when I'm doing this event. But, but uh, I think there was more water than we've ever seen out there. Um, you usually can see a dry line all the way through there, no matter how much rain you've had recently. But I think this was the exception last year. I, I rode it the day before and just had a blast on it. I mean, I ripped it at like 24 miles an hour or something because mm -hmm. it's slightly downhill and you could bunny hop rocks and pick lines. And, and that was not yeah. the case on race day. <laughs> it, it was no. It was just put your head down and bury but, it. Hey, Ben, I have kind of a cool story. Like... <laughs> Because sure. like uh, like Lance, I race a lot. The wifey tends to make me pick and choose what I do. And if the races are really far away, she's like, ah, I don't know. Um, she wanted to go visit family in Orange County. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but I, I specifically picked a certain destination because we also have two cattle dogs in the car. I'm like, I don't want to mm -hmm. drive the whole way. We'll drive to this point yeah. and then we'll we'll start again the next morning. Shasta so, looks like it's about yeah. midway. <laughs> so we, we stopped in Wairika, Um and uh, she knew that I, I was gonna do the race, but it, like throughout the night, um, I kept on looking through the blinds of the the motel room at the snow, like the snow was continuously falling, 
And I, re- I told the boys last time I was on the podcast, I'm like, in the morning when I woke up, I like turned to my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, are you cool if I don't race? Like, can we, <laughs> can we just continue the road trip? And she's like, no, dude, go do it. So go to the race, do the race. As soon as I f- crossed the finish line, it was like strip out of my kit, put a towel on, jump in the car, like uh, uh, seat warmers and drive from there down to Orange County. Oh jeez! <laughs> but it was like that height of going through that experience. Like, um, it took I don't know how many hours. Is it uh, twelve hours from there to Orange County? But like, you live through the race so many times in your head. Um, it's a blur when you're doing it because you're just trying to survive. Yeah, and then you finish it, and then like all these little things, all these memories come through, and they're usually revolving around other people or an obstacle. So it's like when somebody passed me or when I caught up to somebody or when I almost died or when I made other people almost die. Like, um, yeah, these things that are a blur when you're in it become such a long story afterwards. Gotcha. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, Ben, have you promoted a race before? Is this the first time? Yeah, I'd really say that this is this is my first event. I mean, I've done a cross race before with the help of our team, but uh, this is the first major project I've taken on that actually takes some planning of months. What was the so, biggest challenge? Yeah, I'm not a promoter. Gotcha. What, what would you say the biggest challenge was for you getting this thing off the ground? Oh, gosh. I mean, I would say, like, safety and then getting – and then promoting it. Um I mean, safety is always a, a, had, a head scratcher and getting people lined up to make sure people don't get hit by semis and whatever else. And the roads are great out there, but, but you never know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then, and then I know I have a, a great race. So you got to get it out to the masses somehow. Yeah. And that is the probably the most challenging thing is, is to create an event and to create something that someone can look at your website and go, Hey, this isn't just, you know, another bike race. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think those are the two things that, that, uh, are are really important. And, and luckily I'm kind of a businessman anyway. I mean, we own a a business, my wife and I own a business and I, I have a financial advisory practice. So, you know, you kind of figure out how to either sell yourself or sell product or whatever. And, and, and promoting is definitely just a kind of a big sales game. Yep. Do you have some goals or like a wish list for this race as we go forward into the future? Yeah, you know, I I definitely want this race to be part of like the gravel calendar. And so like if you think of events that that are kind of like bucket list events, you know, from from the mid south all the way to uh, you know, dirty can or uh, unbound. Uh, unbound. Unbound. There we go. Yeah. I'm still getting used to that. But uh or Rebecca's private Idaho or whatever. These are like, those are staples. And I definitely want my race to be on that list. And so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to slowly grow this thing over the next couple of years. And hopefully, hopefully when, when they do a top 10 gravel races on Velo news that uh, my race will make the cut. So. That is going to be awesome. Hopefully yeah, that works out because for selfish reasons, that's pretty stinking close. What's, what's the drive time to get out down there? About four or five hours? No, it's like six. It's about six hour drive. Yeah. Well, still, that's like within reason. That's yeah. like a, like, all right, I can do this. Like go down the night before, get there, do everything that you guys talked about, yep. do the race. And if you really want to you can come home the same day or stay another night and come home. Right. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Very cool. Um, talk a little bit more about the women's stuff that you're trying to do. We, we kind of started touching on the, the women's porta potty, but it's much deeper than that. You're actually trying to put together a prize purse for the women specifically, correct? Yeah. With the help of a sponsor. I mean, if I can land somebody, I would love to get something, uh, what I'm going to refer to as a reverse discriminating prize purse. And, you know, you look back to like old mountain bike races uh, and, and gravel racing really is just an old mountain bike race. Um, you know, that women would show up to the race and, and they'd get nothing. And the pro men would be winning hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and while that number is definitely not achievable, um, yet at least, um, we, I would love to get to a point where the women have a prize purse, but the men don't. And I think, you know, when it comes to racing, you always can fill up the men's fields, but the women's fields are a lot of times fractions of the, of, of the men's field. Mm -hmm. So I think by creating something like that, we'd get more ladies out and, and it would create a hype around the race that I hope would uh, resonate around, around the world, you know? Yeah. Now, when you're talking about a prize purse, I know something's better than nothing, so anything would be great, but do you kind of have a number in the back of your head? And you threw out a $100,000 uh, <laughs> number there early, but like reasonably, what would be a number that you would like to hit for a sponsor in case somebody's listening? Yeah, exactly. Now, I think for, for this next year, if I could find a $10,000 sponsor, then 100% of that money goes to the ladies, All you right. know? And so a winner would win something like $3,500 and that's not nothing for these ladies races. No, so not at all. Um, Fantastic, that'd yeah. be a good, that'd be a good start. And then hopefully I can, you know, make it, you know, 10 to 15 people deep, you know, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then you're also this whole um, bring a party thing that you and I kind of went back and forth a little bit. Tell me a little bit more about that. You're trying to make it a little bit more of a festive atmosphere. Um, what's it going to take for that to get off the ground? Well, the finish line, we're going to have a, a little bit of a party for sure next year. Uh, but, you know, the big thing uh, with, with my race is the sectors. And so each sector has a sponsor associated with that. And luckily, I've, every year, well, I've always pretty much sold out. One year, my own business had to, spo to, to sponsor a sector, but, but it was well worth it. And so... So what I'm proposing to all my sponsors is that they bring a party to their sector. And so hopefully each sector will have something going on. Is it loud music? It could be maybe some hand ups. It could be some desserts or whatever. And so it creates just a buzz around each one that would feel like, you know, people are cheering you on in the middle of nowhere. So I like it. That's the plan for next year. I already have one one person, one of my sponsors for next year uh, is is promising to bring a, a party. And it's pretty cool because uh, Mike Ripley of, of Mudslinger Events is is the one that brought this idea to me. And and so it's super cool. He's going to step up and sponsor a sector and have some fun stuff out there and promote his event at my event, at my event which is, is really cool. Yeah. That's a great idea. What is the cost for a sponsor to come on board? Uh, each one of those is, uh, $300 is all I, I ask. I'm not trying to make it a profit center for me. It's more of a, I have to make signage for each one of those sectors. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, it's that's actually it's really reasonable. Re- yeah, I, mean, I was very yeah, reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for him to say, "Yeah, hey, it's gonna be a couple thousand dollars in my head, but three hundred bucks." Mike, hmm. <laughs> Lance, do we need to have a dialed sector down there? <laughs> I, I kind of love that plan. Yeah. You know, we had like. 10 teammates who were yeah. down there doing the race. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Hey, Ben, yeah. force them to, to sign off on that right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the paperwork. Sounds like uh, I'll have a contract in the mail. There you go. You've got a pretty good list. I think I counted up about 21 sponsors that you have on board right now, and that's for 22, and I'm sure that's going to grow, correct? Uh, all my sponsors are that you see on the website are for last year, and okay. so it's a little bit evolving. But, you know, one of the things, you know, local bike shops don't make a lot of money. No. And – all of the local bike shops in this region, if well, with the exception of a couple, which aren't necessarily associated with racing at all, uh, stepped up and, they, and sponsored. So almost all my sector sponsors are local businesses as of right now. And I definitely would like to, to, to make some announcements at some point about some of the more global brands stepping up. And, and I think that's really close. But, uh, but as of right now, my sectors are kind of like... Um, yeah, local mom and pops bike stores that are bike shops that are that are helping me with those. Gotcha. All right, anything that we're missing about this? Anything that uh, you still want to get off your chest and talk about? Oh gosh, I think you did a great job. If uh, anything else comes up, I'll I'll try to drop it in later. Gotcha. You know, ben did a great job actually promoting each section. If you follow him on Instagram or follow Shasta Gravel Hucker on Instagram, he would post stories and posts that showed. This is this is this sector. It's sponsored by this person, and then he would write it and say, "This is kind of how." And so oh, you'd cool. actually yeah. see him and his buddies writing the section, and this is what it looks like, and and it's sponsored. It was That's fantastic. It was I've, actually pretty cool yeah. to see. I've never stayed yeah. so clued into like social. Yes, I was like wanting it. I'm like, come on, there's a couple yeah. more sectors. Where are sectors? I want to see. Yeah, it was very challenging. I, I won't. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, doing those little videos is not exactly my strong suit, but uh, but everyone wanted to know what kind of tires. Yeah, I mean the amount of emails you get as a promoter <laughs> with silly little tire yeah. questions is off the charts, and so I felt like I tried to get in front of that by doing the little sector reviews, but it really just created more people wanting me to approve their tires. It, it's <laughs> funny to hear you say that because when you said it wasn't easy for you, like, this is not about you. This is about everybody who's like that race anxiety. You take it down so many clicks when you just do that little, like that little post. Yeah. People feel so comfortable and and validated in their, in their, in their choices and what to load in the car before they make the drive over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, uh, the day before the race this year, you know, 32s probably would have done pretty well, but when you woke up, they were fine Saturday morning and it was it was there was snow on the ground 32s weren't the best option I rode 40s yeah and they were smooth enough for me to do well enough on the flat and buff stuff but mm-hmm. it really made a difference on the technical stuff but yeah cool well third place on the 100 mile race Luke Lampari uh, he he raced on a road bike with maybe 30 millimeters oh my gosh <laughs> but he's one of the best riders in the whole nation <laughs> so that makes sense you wait uh do you um one thing that that i like to see that i like to nerd out on is to see people's bikes after events and uh 
from from our side on the the promoting side um getting a photographer out and having them on their schedule be at the podiums and uh i think it'd be really cool to do a follow-up on all the winners bikes with like a breakdown yeah. you can talk about People like always want to know that yeah, information their bikes yeah. their groups at their tires and like and their opinion on what they, like did they bring a knife to a gunfight or were they happy with yeah. with what they selected Gotcha. Maybe Sounds I can like help that out with that. Awesome. Sounds like a YouTube think, series. Yeah, that's on. Yeah, I think that would be Matt's great. That would be so yep. great. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, uh, Matt, do you have any questions for him? Um, no, it sounds amazing. I'm super intrigued by this. The best thing to do, I think, is to like see some of these pictures that these guys are kind of passing around the table. So maybe that's something that we can post. But it really does give you a feel for the event as well as like you can actually see some of the signage and stuff like that from each section of the race and you can just tell like this is a nice event that this is a type of an event that you would want to check out and participate in because you've seen kind of like how much effort is in this not just like this you know finish line but throughout the entire course itself and i think that's really cool and that's really unique and so i'm really excited to see where this race goes in the future yeah the effort definitely is uh resulting in good quality so it's yes quality race from top to bottom love it hey um, ben you have a a lot of backup up here i know you're not in portland but uh like myself and and these boys anything you need to get out to the local scene or if you want um i don't know if you do printed stuff but if you want it in bike shops don't hesitate to send it our way to to get out yeah we're gonna help you promote for sure cool will do yeah Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to, um, we're going to jump over here to Scott and ask him some questions. Ben, do you have some time to stick around with us or do you got to scoot? Absolutely. I'll hang in here. Love it. Cool. Let's talk to Scott about 2021, but before we get there, let's talk about how we wrapped things up. You took on a couple races. How did it go? You did the Vanport cyclocross and you did the Washougal cyclocross. Yeah. We've, we've dropped the name a couple of times. Mike Ripley, he did the left coast sellers race in because he did the Obra Champs mountain bike race the day prior, he asked me to take the reins for the cross race. And, um, cause it's something that, that I feel I know the community and, uh, yeah, that was fun. And while we were walking that course, I got asked to do Vanport and, um, that was scary. Cause I was only given about 15 days to not mess something up. <laughs> um, but it was so cool. Like seeing, almost 500 racers there and have family come out and like we had vendors and, and food and smiles. Uh, so mission accomplished there. And then, uh, then did Washougal and it's still hard to get people to go to Washougal, even though it's not that Which far I away. I find that so odd. Yeah. It just seems like such an easy thing to just like hop over there. It's I think fairly it's so far away. It's, it's fairly fast. It's like, if, it is yeah. not. It it's is like not the, far yeah. as far as you think. Well, I'm, and it's you know, like I, you're on the 14. Like, how hard is it to go to yeah, Washougal? No. But yeah. and how, how dare you have a gorgeous drive out? <laughs> yeah, to a bike you're just right. stare at Mount yeah. Hood. You know, as you drive along the 14 at 60 miles an hour and then turn left. So, it, and that's an amazing course. So it's just a beautiful venue, yeah. and it's a venue that the owner of the venue. I told him I wasn't necessarily ready to do it this year and we should do it next year and he's like no you're coming and and to have that kind of momentum from uh someone outside of cycling um when we're losing ben when we're losing venues left and right to have someone asking you to come in that year uh that's special um yeah so cyclocross 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 were were my races 
this year. I'm happy with them, and I'm moving forward with them next year. But the big thing for me is uh, I've been talking to Chuck Kinlan, who is the uh, is it the director of Obra, executive, executive director, 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 yeah. director of Obra, and he's asked me multiple times to help save road racing. And one of the things I'm doing already is co-directing, co-promoting the Baker City Cycling Classic with Brian Simiotti. And it means nothing if I just end up there. Uh, so prior to that, we're going to try to bring back the Jack Frost time trial in early March. Try to bring back the Dirty Circles road race in late March. There's a race that I've never done, but I've heard stories about how cool it was. The, uh, the Banana Belt road race that goes around Hag Lake. Correct. I've That's done a training beautiful. rides. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that would be mid-April. And then uh, I want to do a two-day event at Washougal for mountain bikes. And it would be Saturday short track and then Sunday uh, four-hour mountain bike race, kind of endurance thing. With the, And it would be placed at the end of July. So we'd have our local series of short track at PIR that go June, July. And while people have a short track bike built up and they're excited about that, we get a weekend event for for us. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Wow. Like it, a, like it would make it like a series. Like they're two separate events, but there'd be an overall champion or something like that. I'm open to anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, ben, it's cool. Get your back better. Get that back better. You're the promoter because you can make up these little things. You're like, yeah, yeah series overall. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and then, uh, but that is uh, all dependent on how many people want to back it, you know? Yeah. Like, if right. more sponsorship comes in, the, the opportunities list grows tremendously. Yeah. So, Races that will not be on the calendar that have notoriously been zone five races in the past will be no piece of cake. Um, no piece of cake as of now. Okay. And, uh, the other one that was hard to, to do no on was Yamhill gravel grinder. But yeah. looking at the calendar of what we have, it's already super saturated with gravel. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, has no road races like there's rumors right now that kings valley is going to come back with two road races um and uh it's yeah. kind of funny how that happened there's like all the road racing just kind of died and went away and all of a sudden there's gravel 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 yeah i mean you've got race options but like we're like we've got road racing over here on life support you know yeah. we're over there pumping it giving it some cpr do you think it's going to be worth your time energy I, and effort i want to make one one run at it yeah you know like what will you i i, I was on a road team and like right. I, like i told you a second ago like having teammates yeah. to encourage you to go train on like crap weather days um yeah. it makes a difference dude. it actually makes a difference in road racing too if if i show up and there's eight teammates in a race i'm going to race a bit harder because if it's i'm totally if different. i'm working for somebody else it's it's almost like the pressure's off mm -hmm. if I'm not like the designated guy. It's yeah. like, okay, I've got a job to do. I can focus on just this job, and I'm just going to do that for the first, you know. For the for, for the teammate. Yeah, yeah, for the teammate. Drag the team along, make other people hurt. Yeah. Wh what are the criteria for success? Is it financial? No. I mean, obviously, it needs to no. be. It needs <laughs> well, to partially be financial if you go uh, bankrupt doing races. Yeah. 
Well, you got to do. That, you hope you do better than just break even. Yeah. Th- so that makes something. me laugh because Washougal just happened, and like yesterday, yep. I finally got my last bill to put to put sure. all my expenses down, and I I made X amount of dollars, and my bill was forty five dollars and ninety two cents in the negative. So I was like, I almost broke even. You almost like, broke I was like, even. And um, and that's the help with like sponsors and like yeah. uh, volunteers, yeah. like. I, it wasn't for a lack of not trying sure. no, and no, a no, lack no. of the community coming together, but you you still need to, like Ben was talking about, get people out to your race. Yeah, that that's still it's it's a conundrum to me why people will not drive out to Washougal to do a bike race, a cycle cross race, nonetheless. Yeah. it is such a beautiful venue. I had three professional photographers on site, yeah. and I just blasted that out to all of Obra, mm-hmm. and and. If it hits 25 people who didn't go, who feel like, dang, that looks cool. I want to go again. Like that was worth getting those photographers. The visuals for that place make all the difference in the world. And that was half the reason why I wanted to put together a little video that I did. And, and I want to, I want people to see that because they need to go out there. It's, it's a special place. What about on the roadside? Same thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like with the road, I'm trying to navigate this with other people. You have help. I want to reach out to people who are still actively racing road mm-hmm. and um, see where their momentum is. Like, try to tap into it because they're still going. Like, can they? Uh, I feel like if you talk to the right people at at various teams. Yep. When I was on a team, I led the the Cat Three portion mm-hmm. of the team, so I did like internal team emails. And I feel like those are super powerful. Mm-hmm. Like you can call out people by name and say, hey, like us four. Like I've never liked to, to go to Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, that race is way too hard for me. I like flat. I don't want to climb at all. And I've done it twice because the people on the team like kind of worked Need me you. into going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pure so, pressure, yeah. Yeah, but it was like positive and like um, – so I think if you tap into the right people at various teams, you know – 10 different teams show up with like six to eight different people you're okay with numbers um that's true so it's a communication thing and i think it's a big trust thing like if people see what i've done at other races and then they see that name again in the roadside hopefully there's some carryover oh yeah i think there would be so again coming back to you know a race like jack frost time trial when they've been doing that race for is it like thirty plus years? Something it used absolutely to be ridiculous. Yeah. When you look at like bicycle club used to have that, then uh, the Zone Five took over what a handful of years ago. Is just getting that race to happen, uh, you know, a measure of success, or do you feel like you need way more than that? We want to do. I don't want to be embarrassed on behalf of like Obra, like our our bike racing yeah. scene. Like, so if we have a calendar and it has like no road races on it. Right. To me, that's embarrassing. Yeah. So, so a measure of success is just to get that calendar, yeah, yeah. making Th- that calendar yeah. look a certain throw, way, throw a party. If no yep. one goes, at least you threw the party. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say the biggest challenges are? I mean, is it because people are just trying to shy away from road altogether? Is it I, again, the mus- I don't municipalities know. or is it, what is it? I, again, I have no idea. Cause I've only been on the racer side. 
Yeah. So I've never got to see a, a peek behind the curtain on a road race event until I went to Baker. I'm sure you've had some conversations with the Davids um, from Zone 5 about some of the challenges that they had. I mean, they did a fantastic job, but was it the Will- Willamette Valley uh, series that they did a few years yeah. ago? Yeah. It was cherry pie. It was piece of cake. It was one horse, and I think there might have even been a third. Montanor? No, Montanor's yeah, another yeah. one. That's put on by um, oh, somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Olympia or something like that. But I think it was maybe just those three races. They did yeah. those and they worked their butts off. Yeah. And the the turnout was a little bit almost anemic. Yeah. Um, they were a little bit disappointed with all of the time, energy, and effort that they put into it. I think that they ended up losing money on the whole. Yeah. So um, you put on a great series and and people just don't show up or register for it. That stinks. I mean, you don't want to come back and do that again. Yeah. It's got to be baby steps into, into showing what you can provide. Yeah. And it's... Um, needs to be reciprocal. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, that's why I'm only willing to do things that are early in the season and things that, um, historically have shown people show up for Jack Frost and and people show up for dirty circles. Sure. So start where it's safe. And, uh, those are like kickoff events in the Northwest. Yeah. And so Jack Frost being a time trial and that's pretty straightforward. And it's only a 20 K time trial. And then dirty circles was up there in Woodland, Washington, and Mm -hmm. just going around the dike, it's a hundred percent flat and the races were short. They're like what, 20 to 35 miles, depending upon what category you're in. And that was they're they're for lack of a better term, it's almost an easy race. Those, those, um, those races are fun too, because you haven't seen everybody that's been cooped up for the year. Sure. And those are the first kind of times where you're like, oh yeah, these are my bike race only friends. I I literally, (laughs) we don't hang out, but, but they feel so familiar when I see them at, at these couple of events. And, uh, that's how I've always felt. Yeah, I like it. I like I like those yeah. races. Um, and uh, do you ever get the complaints about people not wanting to go do a road race because it's in March and April and the weather's generally not that great? I mean, I can remember yeah. being out at Kings Valley and it's yeah. forty degrees and hailing sideways and you're just chilled to the bone. And there was something like nostalgic about it. It was fun, but for other people to hear that. They're like, yeah, no thanks. I don't want to go out there and race in that kind of condition. Uh, it's just not something that appeals to me. Yeah. So. I don't know. To each their own. I th- I love races that are like a battle of attrition. Yeah. Like the gravel thing. That's a battle of attrition. Yeah. Um, did I already mention the uh, the criterium? No. Uh, no. Okay. So um, mention away. After all of that, after uh, the time trial, the two road races, uh, the two day mountain bike event at Washougal. Um, I got asked to potentially host a criterium in August. Uh, the details are still coming together, but it might be in Albany and it might be Oberchamps. Oh wow! So, oh wow! Yeah, that's cool. That would be great. Did and you then, just hear um, that? Did you hear that? Chris Surratt just said, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. teammate lives down in Albany. <laughs> he lives in Albany, yeah. um, and he's a fantastic crit racer. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then uh, I'll be co-promoting, co-directing. Um, Echo Red Tread Mountain Bike Race in March and uh, the Baker City Cycling Classic in June with Brian Simiotti. Gotcha. Fantastic. Which has become like a close friend of mine. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Lots yeah. of fun stuff on the calendar. I'm still, I I am the last person to want to see road go away or die. Yeah. I just, I, I, I don't, 
I, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it coming back with like full force. Like it, it, it's not that the racers are, make, are the problem. It's not that the municipalities are a problem. It's not that the the time of the year that it's a problem. But I think it's just like a culmination of all of those things together. Yeah. It's creating a little bit of a formula, and then you've got the likes of gravel coming in and taking over everything. And everybody's like, I like this gravel thing. I can go ride on gravel. I can train on gravel. I can get off the road and be away from cars. It's fun. It's beautiful. On the gravel side, like. I've seen so many people who've gotten a gravel bike who yeah. who have liked going fast yeah, and they go, screw it, put on some skinnier tires. And then they get a road bike and there's all these new people in the, like they came from the gravel scene, uh -huh. but they're so unbelievably strong on a road bike. Uh -huh. And uh, there needs to be an outlet there yeah. right? for that. Cause I like gravel. Gravel to me was like, do you enjoy getting rowdy and you want to try a mountain bike? Mm -hmm. Do you enjoy playing in the dirt and you want to try cross? Mm -hmm. Or do you like those road sections and you want to go like, that's what I still get excited about. Like getting on the road and, and your, your, your only, um, your, your only speed bump are like how weak your legs are. I like that analogy. Yeah. That that's uh, gravel being like the the common denominator for all of these disciplines. I mean, there there might be something there. So that being said, do you think it might make sense to maybe explore the option of bringing Yamhill back and then maybe yeah. putting the a, four, a pin it, in those other you, things for the time being? I know that there's a bunch of other stuff on the road or the the yeah. schedule, but the the community just doesn't need it. Like. It, it, it needs the races that aren't there. Mm -hmm. And I already have like a 2022 tentative calendar with almost every single promoter's dates actively on there. Mm -hmm. And we have the promoters meeting in a couple of weeks where, where all that will be ironed out for, sure. for Oregon. Um, and a big one is navigating that with, like we know the gravel races here, mm -hmm. um, but there's also some that are close right over in Washington and, and like four more popped up. So yes, you have to navigate all of that. Mm -hmm. You have to navigate not only Oregon's race calendar, but Northern California and Washington and Idaho and yeah. see, see when, cause I feel like those, uh, those racers are willing to travel a lot more often than the Oregon crowd. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. They're Plus, spoiled. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even well, like Chad Sperry's events weren't on the Oregon calendar this year, and I don't know what his plan is. They will be all of them except the Oregon Trail Gravel Grinder will be on the or, the Obra. Will be on the Obra calendar. Correct. Gotcha. What else do you want to tell us about Zone Five? What else is up your sleeve? Um, well, the last thing for for races for me would be we had the I was pulled into the Harvest Cyclocross Series this year, and uh, with Vanport. That event date will go back to Clint Culpepper um, as Rose City Cup. But it, I think I'll be bringing back Hetmere Cross at Vancouver Lake because we need sand. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like I trained on sand all year long for uh, Bridge City Cross mm -hmm. and we didn't get to ride across it straight. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. So at least at Hetmere, we know the same layout where like you wiggle the grass and you dip into the sand and you right. go in a straight line. Right. That'd be um, great to get that race back. What about David Douglas? I think skipping on David Douglas because the, the race series would be eight rounds with um, yeah. six different promoters. So I would be doing Hetmere, and then we'd have basically all the other venues that we had this year in Harvest Cyclocross. Okay. And then I would be pulling Washougal into that series as a series finale. This is all tentative schedule yep. still. Gotcha. Um, with a two-day event with camping and try to 
like copy what what Ben's doing with with Shasta and, and try to get vendors there and try to make people feel like it was more of a uh, a vacation destination for that weekend, yeah. not just a bike race thing. Yeah. So like, yeah. how can we make this more exciting for someone you dragged with you? Um, and oh, that'd be great. I, and I don't want to hear any complaints about that long drive. So like, uh, it's uh, not yeah. a long drive <laughs> from Portland. It's yeah. 40 minutes or so, 45 minutes. I drove yeah. six hours to like, Ben's event. Yeah. And I went two days early, actually. Yeah. Because like an hour from Beaverton. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's all it's, that Washougal yeah. is. Washougal yeah. is yeah, an um, hour from Beaverton. But uh but yeah, I'm I'm so excited about going back to Washougal and Cyclocross. Um, on Washougal, that course that you set up, and we we talked about this a little bit last week as well, but it, it was fantastic. There were so many people that that really enjoyed the course, and it's kind of funny. I talked to a lot of folks, and I got a lot of different reasons as to why they liked it. So there was a I, lot of variety there, and that was great. Yeah, I think that's – well, I it was divide and conquer. Yeah. I gave Stefano the wooded section. Yep. And you could totally feel it. And then everything else <laughs> I, I kind of took. Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch both of the, the motocross tracks, the quad track yep. and the, the pit bike track. Yep. And I deliberately made it where we climbed up on either asphalt or hard gravel, and then we got to descend the tracks. Yeah. So, yeah. Was... Do you have any thoughts or feelings about bringing back a letter? I know that you're probably not dealing with <laughs> Nick Crossy and the, the end was classic. What yeah. about putting a big giant S out there for... Scott or something. <laughs> we can get far more creative. Or a big Z or something that. like that. I don't um, know. Yeah. I look at those With photos w. often of uh of the inn on the hillside. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Um I my daydream for next year is to have two separate courses where you can pre ride one. The Saturday you can pre ride the Sunday's course on Saturday. Yeah. Warming up for your race that you have that day. That's and fantastic. It's op- op- and the fact that uh, Ryan Huffman, the owner of the facility, wants us to go there, I'm going to meet up with him sometime soon to hop on a side-by-side, explore the property, uh-huh. and see if we can build a course that stays up there year-round. Year oh, really? Like, I'm trying to sell him on the idea of what Bentonville has done. And, like, uh, we, we can make this, like, a very special location where – like various times throughout the year, we can open it up for teams to come out and Your camp there. Camp. Yeah, dude, wow. the, the amount of how I feel romantically when I say right. that, like a course that's completely built and you invite like a team or two to come out and they have four or five days, a long weekend to go and learn how to ride cross or like sharpen their skills. That's amazing. That's my, fantastic. My, my whole daydream in getting into cycling on, on this side is to help build a cyclocross course in Oregon that stays around year round for mm-hmm. everybody. Like when I see, when I watch races and they talk about these courses that, that they go, that they visit in Europe and they're like, this is open all year round. I'm like, why do we not have that? Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't seem too dramatically hard to um, consider. Yeah. 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 And that would be fantastic. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Excited. <laughs> Me too. That'd be, that'd be I great. I, I need your guys's like help and momentum with the road racing scene. Cause I'm going in blindfolded and I'm a listener this like 2022, the way that Ben uh, reached out to the women's uh, racers to see what they needed. I need to do the same thing with like road racers. There's, 
there's an interest and there, there's a, it, we just need to figure out how to tap into that, that crowd. Um, I think part of it is like when people show up to a road race, there's always, and even for me, when I first got started in the road racing, there's still that elitist attitude that, that kind of carries through the sport. It's one of those things that if we can get rid of that and you can bring in more of the cyclocross racer, more of the gravel racer, more of the mountain bike guy and the vibe that they carry, and then if we can communicate and connect with the community as a large and make it very beginner or newbie welcome, we just need to start planting new seeds, get those people out there and kind of build it that way. And I can tell you from experience from this past year, we started that little weekly ride that we called the flogging ride. And I was blown away with how many people came out of the woodwork to come do this little bike ride. That's kind of like a quasi race on, um, you know, Thursday, no Wednesdays. <laughs> I'm already forget what night of the week we were doing it on. And it was Thursday. It was was Thursday. it Thursday? Yeah. Well, we started on Wednesday and moved it to Thursday. That's yeah. what it was. Anyway, and yet people sorry. come from pretty far away. There was people driving and coming in from Portland, and we live in Camas. We had 50 people showing up. Uh, 50, I think we touched 60 once. But, and we had it broken up into four categories, and we were sending people off at different times. And the response that we got from that was fantastic. So that tells me that if we can get people on a weeknight to come out and and sit through traffic or just kind of, you know, come together in this little tiny town called Camas, Washington to go do this little 30 mile ride that was at a race pace. And there's like little sprint sections in like the, the winter for the first half and the winter for the second half. That, that tells me that there's an interest there. So I'm not telling you don't do it. Yeah. You've just got to come at it from a different way. No, I, I feel that too because we have the, the Savi ride on Sunday. Yes. Yep. And we'll go out there and like Claire will be there and, uh-huh. and Felipe. Yep. And that, that power and having riders like that, like looking over and seeing the U.S. Uh, uh, champs jersey and the Costa right. Rican champs jersey. And you're like, dude, this is special. Yeah. Like, yeah. And uh, yeah, like I know people are out there on bikes, road bikes, um, crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I guess my only advice is like doing things the same ways we've always done them or giving us results or we're just, we're seeing attrition. So if we're going to continue to do things the same way, we continue to get more attrition, then we need to stop, pump the brakes, do things a little bit differently. Think out of it, think of it from a different perspective in terms of like, how do we attract more people out here? Mm There's a there's a whole bunch of people out there that don't even know what road bike racing is, but yeah. I bet you a buck they're pretty stinking solid and strong. And, and just to get those people an experience that they're going to want to come back for more, we got to do that. that and that's just my yeah. I, I'm I, I'm excited to get through those early road races and revisit this conversation. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I I'd, I'd like to be sitting here with a smile and and at least break even. Yeah. Um, on the promoter side, but if anybody, because I. I am a huge believer that everybody who picked up a bike this off season or mm-hmm. COVID yeah. season, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, whether it be a gravel bike, a Peloton in the house, uh-huh. um, so many people stumbled across cycling that they're like, dude, this is really cool. Yep. And then when you have, you, you, you bring in like playful competition with that and it encourages you to move forward with the stuff that you do solo. Uh-huh. Um, I do think that, we're going to see uh, potentially more participation next sure. year when things are back to normal and people have had a year to a year and a half on a new hobby that they realize they're good at. Yeah. Hey, Matt, you uh, you know the, the triathlon community pretty well, and yeah. you've talked about this over the course of the last few years that we've been doing this whole podcasting thing about the, the numbers in triathlon are kind of dipping down a little bit. Yep. Um, 
I'm, I'm sure that you guys are all racking your brains in terms of how you can get more people to come to the sport and you're doing a great job with your YouTube channel and, and just helping build community. Just out of curiosity, do you think that there's a, a play there to kind of cross pollinate to maybe, you know, Hey, triathletes, maybe you should go check out this road bike race to, you know, just maybe be something to put on your calendar and, and vice versa. Is there like, is there some sort of a play here? Like, Hey roadies and, and everybody doing all this other stuff. Maybe you should come on. I think check you, out some triathlon stuff. Definitely do cross pollination between things like the time trial, like an early season time trial and triathlon. Like you could even touch base with the, I can, I can put you in touch with like the event management company that works on like the triathlon races in the area and see if you could do some sort of email piece that way because it could be a hundred extra riders mm -hmm. for the time trial race i think when it gets difficult and jake i think you touched on this was uh when you get into road racing i think you've got a, a hefty fear of that and then you've also got that kind of elitism piece and we've talked about this on this podcast it's because newbie people or triathletes with bad road handling skills can hurt you out there on the road. And so there is that standoffish, you know, defensive attitude from road racers where you're, you know, when you get to graveling, it's got a little bit of that, I would say less. And the other thing that I think that gravel racing has to it is this whole, I'm probably going to get shut down for saying this or, or my microphone might get turned off, but you have this kind of like Instagram worthy location, you know, epicness. Is that a word? Yeah, of, it is now. Of, yeah. I, I do some races just for the pictures. And it's yeah. like, and, and, but here's the thing. And we, we pass the pictures around and we look at them and we're like, holy smokes, I need to go, you know, to that Shasta race because look how gorgeous it is. And I think it's harder to do that with a road race, like, you know, cycling road race, but it's not impossible. Yeah. And I think that if a promoter, you know, thought of it like, hey, we need this to be, we need to sell this you know, how are we going to sell this through photos, through people's own Instagram feeds? Because, you know, if you can hand someone these photos and it's just like, oh, wow, here's this gorgeous piece and it gets pumped out to a thousand other people, people will put it on their calendar. They're yeah. say, they'll say, yeah. that's gorgeous. I'm going to do that next year and I'm going to train for it, which is what I think is happening in gravel. Yeah. So going back to the whole like elitism and, and being yes. scared and all that other stuff. Um, for a, a newbie coming over, let's just say that you'd never done a road race. And I think I've only known you to do about one road race. Yeah, yeah. And when you first come over, what if there was a beginner class? Well, you're, you're yeah. cap fives and there is, but you had some like some seasoned roadies that could come out and yes. kind of audit the race with you or just to sit in and kind of coach you along and to, you know, call an ace or a spade a spade when it's out there and it's a problem, correct that problem and then coach yep. people along and say, Hey, this is a good opportunity or what you're doing is wrong. Or this right. is what you're doing. Right. Would something like that? Oh, absolutely. I would do that race multiple times before yep. I, you know, want to jump in, you know, cat five, cat four. I mean, if that's like a, you know, where it's like no awards, no nothing where this is just fundamentals. Yeah. Like what's nice is PIR has something like that, right? Where I was you, just going to say, yeah. And, yeah. and that, again, it's taking away that yeah. elitism. It's taking away that like, nope, you know, there's none of that. No one's, you know, we know that you're going to be a little shaky on the road. We're here to promote the sport, get more people biking. That's the whole point of this particular category. I don't know if you want to call it a category, yeah. whatever you want to call it, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a race at that point. It's just like, this is a learning experience and a promotional experience as opposed to, the other four races that are, you know, they're races, right? Yeah, yeah. So sign me up for that, Scott. If you want to put something in there, <laughs> I would be yeah. more than happy yeah. to do that. Yeah. So, 
All right, I think that's about it for the uh, race promotion talk. Um, unless there's anything else y'all want to talk about. No? I think we're good. Cool. We're good. I'd chime in for a second here. I have a couple of ideas that I think you're, this crowd would be great to, to hear and bounce off of. Bring it. Um, yeah. Um, I've been toying with the idea of doing the equivalent of a fat tire crit on a Friday night before the event and have oh. them just be like a short crit in your category about 20 minutes or something followed by uh, a single speed race on Sunday morning of the 30 to 40 mile variety and what the question for you guys is this is like how appealing would something like that be to making it more of a weekend destination uh, and you know how likely someone would be to participate in that I think you'll definitely find a crowd there. Um, it's just a matter of like, if we're talking about bookending a road race with those two different events, it just becomes a matter of like, all right, does this crowd have a fat tire bike yeah. and does this crowd have a single speed? The, the immediate thing that comes to mind is I worked the best of both and mm -hmm. he offered something similar. He did the, the three bikes was Saturday was Saturday. And, and then, then Sunday, Sunday he had the, he had the mixed surface showdown and it was bring one bike and it was like you you do this one seven mile lap thing and whoever the three fastest were moved on to the next round yeah yeah hmm. um i think it's important to do the shorter event prior uh-huh because after after saturday people were gassed they were spent yeah <laughs> yeah i drove home that night yeah yeah i think something like that would be a potentially a good idea i mean yeah, it's always a way to, to attract more people out there and bring more you know more bikes to the an event. I mean, who, yeah. who doesn't want more more bikes? Okay. I, like these these UCI mountain bike races that happened that Friday night fat tire crit is super popular. Yeah, people want to watch it and people want to race in it. And they actually, I think, what they do is depending on their point systems, how well you do in the fat tire crit kind of coincides with your start position. Yeah. yeah, yeah, your call up. Oh, I think I think just from a promotional standpoint, having like the fat tire race where people want to watch that, they want to take, you know, everyone's going to have their phone like in their hand taking yeah. pictures because it's going to be cool and it's going to be different and yeah. it's going to be, you know, something unique, potentially kind of funny. Those bikes are just, I just always think they're kind of funny and, and they're just, they're unique, right? right? Yeah. But I will I, say less people have them. I keep on like at PIR, they started slowly opening up various categories to, to try to be inclusive to people who don't have a road bike yeah so they did like a track bike category and i was like okay that makes sense but they also did like a cyclocross bike category and i was like ah it's kind of stupid like just it's gonna wear up my yeah, tires yeah you're and the, <laughs> there was like it was like mandatory um in print that you have like 33 tread and not 33 slicks uh-huh but that stuck with me because I think about road races and I'm like, all right, if I'm already there with the infrastructure to have a road race and there's any way I can dip out and hit like a dirt like mm -hmm. section, yep. could I potentially at a road race event have a gravel category? And the only thing that sets that apart is they go and they hit like six to eight miles of gravel. Yeah. And, I, and it's like, I'm just trying to get them excited about road. But, be there, yeah. Yeah, but then I would be so embarrassed if like more people signed up for that than the actual road race. <laughs> I'm like, no, I just shot myself in the foot. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, there was the um, the Gorge Bay. I mean, back in the day, before I ever did that, everybody was talking to me like, oh, are you going to take a gravel bike and do that? I'm like, yeah. no, I, can I do my road bike on this course? And just kind of went back and forth. And yeah, so the road bike was definitely the right call, obviously. But, you know, something like that where it's like it's a road race, but there's this little section in there that's, you know, yeah. different. That might be enough to attract some people. Over like, yeah. hey, maybe if I do ride my road bike and there's this little gravel section, I'll excel and I can yeah. break away and I right. know how to you know, do some crazy things. So. Good ideas, all kinds of good stuff that we can throw against the wall and see what sticks, though. Like that. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, cool. Let's jump into one last thing. This is where we're going to run around the table and let everybody kind of say what's on their chest one last time, one last thing. And uh, Lance, you want to start us off? I wanted to show some love to our shop mechanic here, Paul First, uh, in the Elite uh, race on s- Sunday yeah. at the Cross Crusades. He managed to take second place in a full field so congrats paul you did uh, wow fantastic (laughs) so that's awesome that was that boy paul (laughs) impressive he beat some former pro racers in that race so it was was legit strong (laughs) very good very good cool anything else nope no scott one last thing from you um this one's hard because you can't see it on uh the audio but uh at washugal somebody made me a custom stem that they painted. It's freaking and, uh, cool. <laughs> the one of my sponsors on the team is the Beach Eclisa team. They have like the Helmetto logo. Uh-huh. And then the person added on a beard that looks almost as homeless looking as mine <laughs> on it. Uh, and Scott. I, I almost got like teary eyed because I've always wanted to have uh, like a little Helmetto character built after me. And while we were leaving the venue, he's like, hey, I got a gift for you. Wow. And I unwrapped this and I was like, Dude, like my knees went weak. I was like, dude, this is so cool. So, Thank did you. they paint the entire stem, or did the stem already come with all no, the colors? No, this on? is all painted. Wow. Yeah. He wow. paints bikes and stems. His name's Dylan Wiggins. Oh, oh no, that's Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. 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 Quap face. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He and I told he he does videos of a lot of races, and I I'm like, I just watched one last night at the Washougal race. Yeah. I will literally be oh, on I love the his trainer, stuff. and I'll put yeah. a video on of PIR or yeah. something. And he's like, those are stupid. I'm like, bro, that that got me through a workout. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's Jake. He always has phone calls ring through. I thought that was Dylan calling. <laughs> You're talking about me. He's like, better not sell that stem. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I watched his video last night of the Washougal race. It was kind of funny. Oh, awesome. his, his buddies were all picking on him. There's like, I think five of them sitting there and they just like rail yeah, on him just, the whole time. And then he yeah. gets just his hammer him every time he goes by. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he. Um, he actually has agreed to come on the podcast. Oh, we need to too, get so. him on. Oh, that would be fun. great. Yeah, I would yeah. love to I, have him. I saw him at um, at Heron Lakes with his kids. Yeah. 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 It's weird because you, you don't always know someone has kids. Yep. And then, like, I saw him with his kids, and I'm like, makes sense. You're a rad guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Hey, Matt, one last thing. Uh, I always have a video to talk about. I posted sometime on Sunday. 945 uh, LTE? 945 LTE. Watch that on the trainer last yes. night. Yep. Did you? Okay. Yeah, good. So I did uh, point people towards dialed. So yeah. you know, check your stock. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, yep. It's hard because most of the time when I watch your videos, I watch it on Apple TV and I can't really leave comments on there. I suppose oh, yeah, I could okay. pull Whatever. it on my phone and do it there too. That's yeah. just being lazy. But <laughs> Glad you saw the video. Yeah. Um, next week, I don't have anything plan just yet and that's usually a bad sign but it might be something like fitbit charge so uh, i don't know you guys probably don't Heavy care about hitter. that there's also <laughs> some polar watches i could compare or uh we need to start working on like a bike lights video and i want to have that kind of come out around when we do a time change you know yep. something like that like alignment with that so time changes awesome. like two weeks i know yeah so we gotta we gotta start working Ooh. all right 
<laughs> I'm your man. It's gonna be. I'm really excited about the videography of it. It won't get a lot of views. No, no offense, Lance, <laughs> but it'll maybe, be fun to make. Maybe when they see the stash, okay. they'll start pouring in. That's right. It's possible. Stash looking forward place. to that anamorphic lens. <laughs> exactly. I'm looking to yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> like, there's a whole that reason that I want to yeah. film this thing. Yep. Cool. Hey Ben, you got one last thing for us? Yeah, I do. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. And my one last thing is. Uh, a big shout out to all the volunteers that help with bike racing. Good call. Because yes. there's no way I could put this event on uh, without volunteers. And uh, and so, yeah, thanks a bunch for for supporting the events, uh, whether they're mine or Scott's or anybody. But, yeah, yeah thanks Very for cool. Coming. Yep. Love that. Volunteers are awesome. They do make the bike racing world go round. Yep. So. Cool. My one last thing. Well, I was thinking about this earlier. I'm not going to talk about the mod pizza night that we're having tonight, oh, but we're yeah. recording this on a Monday. So You're gonna this miss is coming it. out on Wednesday and they're going to have missed it, but we will have some other stuff coming out, but we do have a, this whole mod pizza fundraiser thing. And there's a bunch of people that have told me that they're going. So I'm kind of excited to see what happens. And my wife was texting all her friends this morning. Yeah. What a mod so pizza today. My yeah. wife has posted more stuff on social media than I have. So <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Um, but I guess my one last thing is we, had our Washougal race and put out a little video for anybody who wants to go check that out and kind of see a little bit more about what that race was about and listen to some of the Dial teammates. Uh, you can go to Dial Cycling's uh, YouTube page and watch the Washougal Cycle Cross race yes. there. It was fun. So, on that note, that is going to be a wrap for this week. This is podcast 192. Oh, 192. We got 200 coming up in two months. Matt, where are we going to go? We we're talking about this. We got to come, we got to start coming up with a plan. Bottle we're, shop, maybe. Maybe, maybe go back there again, but we'll yep. find someone. We'll make it. It's going to be big. So. It's going to be great. Yep. Very cool. All right. Well, we do appreciate everybody listening. We will catch you again next week. And until then, bye for now.